You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway, an attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to Break a Bat. I'm your host, Al Malafronte, coming at you from my Midtown apartment as this episode here tonight actually kicks off the Break a Bat quarantine series. As we continue our social distancing in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, I'm happy we're able to continue to do the show remotely, as hopefully it'll provide even just the slightest escape for everyone as we try to get through this. The show must go on, and true to our style, uh, we're going to have lots of fun. Uh, So with that being said, let's do a couple of introductions on the co-host front. Uh, We're lucky enough to be joined remotely by two of Breakabat's big hitters, uh, both have been beyond helpful in making sure we keep this show afloat during this crazy time. So joining me in the batter's box tonight is our chief creative consultant, making his return to the show for the first time since co-hosting with the Kate Rockwell episode, Mr. Chris Katzman. Hey, so happy to be back on. Thanks for having me on, Al. Uh, it's a pleasure, buddy. And uh, of course, we also have with us our legendary producer, the Duke of New York, <laughs> Mr. Seals. <laughs> I don't know what kind of legend I've got, but I hope it's a good one. The Duke, the Duke of New York. I like that one. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. It's a good one. It's great to be here in the comfort of my Brooklyn place, you know, staring at a monitor. This is not the same as being in person. I miss you guys. I miss you too, man. This is, I think, aside from my own family, you guys are the the two people that I've spoken to the most through this whole thing. So that, that goes to tell you something. Podcast <laughs> <laughs> family, there's a t-shirt in there somewhere. <laughs> and um, now allow me to introduce our very special guest tonight. Uh, someone whose work I've gotten to know primarily for her work in television. Uh, her resume spans leading roles in some real primetime mega hits, Boston Public, Nip Tuck, Vikings, as well as one other show that we might maybe mentioned a handful of times on this podcast. Chris, do you have any idea of what show that might be? Oh, I think I do. You want me to say? We all know that it's one of your favorites for sure. Um, in fact, I maybe up there with Community, you might say. Um, but that would be Glee, of course. <laughs> that is correct. And uh, she's actually currently set to star alongside John Stamos in the new sports dramedy Big Shot, soon premiering on Disney Plus. 
Uh, she's definitely someone we've been a big fan of for quite some time. So uh, we're stoked to have her join us tonight on Opposite Coast. Uh, so with that being said, if you'll please turn your attention to home plate, just beyond the marquee, now batting, Jesslyn Gilstig. What's up, Jess? <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? Hanging in there. Yeah, you hanging in? Yeah. All things considered, as well as we can, I guess. How's it going out in LA? I think the same. I just went to Target and I was, it felt, it was horrible. I mean, everyone's wearing masks and everybody's standing six feet away from each other and you can't figure out if you want to like cry or, or if, and then you talk to a cashier and they don't have a mask or gloves and then you feel guilty and you think now I'm being so selfish and they're standing here all day taking people's, it's just so confusing. The whole thing is very confusing. <laughs> so Yeah, we all just got to do our best, you know, that's pretty much yeah. all you can say at, the, at a time like this. Exactly. Agreed. Which part of LA are you in, Jess? So I live in, uh, I don't know if you know it, it's called Toluca Lake. It's near Warner Brothers. I live very close to Warner Brothers. So just in the valley, just over the hill from uh, Hollywood. So I just want to get something straight here. You weren't one of the fools out on the Venice Beach boardwalk this weekend to the point <laughs> where you had to shut it down? <laughs> I'm rarely one of the fools out on Venice Beach uh, Boardwalk, actually. But uh, no, I wasn't. No, I took it pretty seriously. I I think a lot of us are, st even though my parents live in Montreal, I feel like I'm staying home from my parents. What have you been doing with all the downtime? Uh, you know, it's funny. I was talking to a friend. It's It's not that different from an actor's normal life. Um, I don't find, I mean, I spent a lot of time by myself wondering, um, how much more productive I could be. So I think typical, I, I'm, I, uh, went to, I like to draw and I like to paint and I went to school for that, um, as well. So I always try to do a little bit of that. Um, I'm kind of lucky I have a child, so she requires a lot of maintenance, which I enjoy. And I have a small business actually. So I've been, dealing with that. And I don't know, there's always something to do. And I think about exercising, um, which I'm sure I'll get to at some point. So, you know, <laughs> I think, but that's like being an unemployed actor. It's just, it's just the same, really. Um, you feel sort of isolated and I always feel like I should come out of this with a incredible novel, but I don't think I will. What about you guys? Oh, what do you, what are you guys up to during this? Well, for, fortunately I have already adjusted to the remote working life. Um, so I feel blessed for that, but I've just been trying to, um, you know, stay in, stay in touch with my friends and folks, and um, mm -hmm. try not to go too stir crazy here because it's uh, just as everyone else is going through right now. It, you know, this is a both a mental and a physical um, impacts are being felt of this disease across the country. So um, it's really awesome to be able to sit here. Agreed. Agreed. I find those those Zoom cocktail parties. Have you done any of those Zoom cocktail parties? They're they're much more satisfying than I expected. I you know I have not actually. That's a good idea. I recommend it. It's actually kind of nice. Yeah. I got online the other night and and I was on Jackbox TV. It's an online gaming platform, and you just like get get in there with a bunch of friends, and we were on uh, Google Hangouts chatting face to face, playing online games. And it was just nice to, to actually yeah. feel some sort of like connection for a little bit. I know. I felt the same way. I mean, I wasn't gaming, but I felt the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is uh, you know, it's a, it's a weird one for sure. And it's like, what's crazy is, you know, I'm not sure about you, but you know, a bunch of us had some stuff that we had booked that we were looking forward to. That's now being canceled. Yeah. And 
scheduled soon, but there's just no direction because of how much uncertainty there is. Did you have a lot of stuff canceled that you were looking forward to? Well, yeah, I was, I'd actually started working on that show that you mentioned with John Stamos and uh, we were shooting at Paramount and uh, we wrapped our fourth episode that Thursday that it all kind of got real and we weren't surprised to get the call on Friday that we weren't going to start the fifth episode. Uh, and I think, I mean, I went, I actually went in that Friday and they asked us to clear out our trailers, which I don't think was as ominous as it felt. They want to sterilize everything, but you did have that feeling of, are we coming back? And if we come back, how will, how will it be different and how will we feel? And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, we all, uh, are used to this life of uncertainty and we cling to things when they're going our way. And it's, it's so fleeting. It's such a, it's sort of a familiar feeling I feel like to all of us as actors. And at this moment, you almost feel like the world is experiencing what we're kind of used to, which is opportunity that kind of comes so close and then kind of goes away. And you're like, no, no, come back, come back, come back. I'm ready for you. You know? So it's, it's very odd that, um, but at least, you know, we're all in it together. And I do think that, uh, in my experience over the years, I actually find when the economy is struggling, people do want entertainment. And it does seem like there's opportunity there for us because people want to be entertained and they want to escape and we can do that. So I don't know when we come back, I think hopefully we'll all have um, the opportunity to do what we, what we really love. Now you mentioned your side business earlier. Is that something, you know, related to the arts that, you know, might be able to give people some escape? Uh, you know, I do, it's a small studio, a little small film studio, and we do, um, services for actors. We do really high end self tapes and we shoot scenes for people and, uh, we edit reels and that kind of thing. I just wanted to, I feel like, um, you know, it's so hard when you're starting out and there's so much information. I, I would have so benefited from somebody being able to share a little bit more of their experience and, and help me figure out where to invest and where not to invest. And so I, a couple of years ago, just decided to create some opportunity for actors to give them some side gigs to work. And then also hopefully to help people, uh, you know, if they're going to have to invest in their careers financially, do it in a way that's economical, but also effective. And so that's basically what that business is. We were talking about Big Shot, uh, and I'm sure it's right up the alley of a lot of our sports fans. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so it's a show. It was conceived by Brad Garrett and David Kelly, and it's um, it's about a basketball coach, a college basketball coach played by John Stamos, and he gets into a, a physical altercation uh, on television in a game, and he gets fired. And the only job that he can get is that of a basketball coach at an elite, uh, private girls school in La Jolla. Uh, and I am, uh, coach Holly, Holly Barrett, and I'm the assistant coach. Um, and it's basically this guy, you know, it's, it's kind of him trying to find his love of the game again and connect with his daughter. Um, and, uh, it's kind of, it's a cool time for a show like this. I feel like to just explore, uh, girls in sports and, um, 
you know, it's, it's for Disney plus. So it's probably more family oriented, but it's still exploring some themes that I think are kind of interesting right now. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you a big sports girl yourself? I am. I'm. I love sports, and uh, it's kind of hilarious because John Stamos hates sports, and he doesn't know anything about sports. He'll tell you that. You and I would get along so well. <laughs> Really? You don't like sports? I thought you love sports. I, I, don't, I don't hate sports. I'm just like, I don't understand the fanaticism behind sports. I, I, I don't know. But some people would look at me and say, I don't understand the fanaticism behind musical theater. I think they're related. I think they're totally related. I think I love sports because I love theater. Completely. I, that, I feel like the two things are exactly the same. So basically we have Alan's, so I'm, I'm the middle ground here, Jesslyn. I'm the, you know, that demographic of sports and theater lovers. Chris is kind of like baseball heavy, Alan's theater heavy. So I'd like to think we have, I mean, I'm mostly an Aroldis Chapman fan. Um, I think that probably goes for a lot of people out there. Um, Uh but yeah, you could classify me as a baseball fan, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I can watch any sport except for probably, I probably don't like, you know, ultimate fighting, Boxing, I could probably watch. Bo- That's the most sort of violent sport that I would be willing to watch. I don't love horse racing or dog racing, um, mm. but other than that, I, I'll watch anything. And I, um, I get very, I get very involved. I just really love it. I find it such a great. It's like going to the theater. It's like you just feel so present, and you see people kind of bringing their their a game, and you see the psychology of it, and the the way that people have to collaborate and work together and get into sync. And I just, I mean, you can hear me. I get, I get really into it. I really enjoy it. Is it the drama that you, that you enjoy about the, you know, the big stage uh, in in sports? I think so. Well, no, it's the emotion. Like my daughter is a soccer player and I love going to the game so much. I mean, I'm the loudest parent and uh, Mm. everybody laughs at me, but I just, I love seeing those girls you know, just away from their phones and away from all the, all the other things in life and going down to that basic using your body to try and achieve a goal and collaborate. It's just like theater. It's exactly the same thing. Mm. If you're not present, you, then you are the weak link. And I think there's something really beautiful about that. That's teamwork right there for sure. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a sports fan. Who are your team? I mean, my team, so the thing is, you know, when you leave your hometown, it's kind of hard. You know, obviously I grew up 
um, with a baseball team and we don't have one anymore with the Expos. Um, I still love the Canadians for hockey. I dated a guy from Seattle for a long time, so I'm a Seahawks fan. Um, and that's it. I mean, I was years ago, I was a Knicks fan when I lived in New York. Um, but you know, I'll watch anything, honestly. I mean, I won't, I would always watch the Super Bowl. I'll always watch, you know, any college game. I just enjoy it. How about the world series? Always. Yeah. I went to the world series, um, years ago when I was on Boston public, we had, we had to go and sit behind, uh, behind first, um, sorry, home plate. And, uh, that was the year I'm going to not remember all the teams, but where they rushed, remember the, the batter rushed the pitcher and they got into a fight. That was really exciting. Trying to think, but that might've been before your time. Yeah. You guys were probably still in elementary school. It was a long time ago. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Like every other game, someone rushes somebody because the ball gets thrown at their head or something. That's, I don't know. Yeah, that's not every other game, Alan. All right, we're not brutes out here beating each other senseless. But although you may, you may believe so. Yeah, I mean, baseball is kind of a gentleman's game, actually. Yeah, baseball I feel like isn't like that, but baseball's a little bit more watching more of the individual and maybe less of the kind of that yeah. feeling that you get. I mean, hockey to me is the ultimate because it's so dangerous. And I don't know if you guys have ever met any professional hockey players, but they tend to be the most gentle, humble guys. And part of it is because like, if you stick your head up, they'll kill you, you know? Mm-hmm. So you really have to kind of uh, maintain a sense of humility in that game. You know, Chris met a hockey player's wife uh, not too long ago. <laughs> How did that go, Chris? We're not going to talk about that one, Al. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, let's move on, please. Thank you. <laughs> now, now that you're in LA, do you go to a lot of Dodgers games? No, I mean I've been. Dodger Stadium is beautiful and it's fun. It's really fun to go, um, especially now that that the Dodgers the baseball is not so violent. Sometimes the parking lot used to have some issues, but I think they've they've managed to take control of that. But um, yeah, that stadium is gorgeous. That one's on my bucket list. I got to get to Dodger Stadium. I heard that it's worth it just for the Dodger dogs. Yeah, <laughs> you always have to. Have, I always have a beer. I don't know if I always have a, a hot dog, but it's you'll love the stadium. When it's one of those ones when you walk in, it just kind of has that that feeling for a second, that magic feeling. Now, uh, getting back to uh, Big Shot for a second, your character, I'd imagine, is probably a better influence on high school kids than Terry Delmonico. Is that accurate to say? <laughs> yeah, she's pretty, she's pretty, uh, she's pretty empathetic, but I like it cause she's getting really, I, I, when I started, I was like, why is she the assistant coach? And so that's sort of coming up now, which I'm sort of enjoying her ambition is starting to show. So that should be fun. I have a little trouble playing the demure one. So I'm finally going to come out of my shell. I think. Alan, do you ever get into Glee? I absolutely did. Um, I, I directed a, uh, an acapella group in college, like like you do, and <laughs> so so then when Glee came out, I was like, oh, finally, this is this is my people. Um, yeah, sort of don't fit in. Love acapella, love like breaking out into song and dance in the middle of every class ever. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can relate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fun. That's how we felt when we were making the show. I remember making the pilot and thinking, I don't know if anybody is going to like this, but I know I would like it and my friends, but I can't imagine it has a broad audience because we always felt like we were such theater geeks. So why would why would there be so many of us? But it turns out there are 
millions of us. Thank oh, God. it was incredible. I had a I had a conversation with Matt Morrison, um, of course, who plays your played your husband. Yeah. Um, I like and, that. He played my husband. I didn't play his wife. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he was your husband. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. That, I was going to say that. Um, yeah, that, that he was saying too that the whole first season, like you, you went through and you filmed the whole season, and nobody really, nobody knew about it. It wasn't announced yet, and then everyone was like living sort of in relative obscurity. And then as soon as season one hit, it was it just exploded in a way nobody insane. expected. It yeah, I mean, who would have thought? I mean, it was so niche. It was so specific. Who knew that so many people would want to see that? Um, so, but, uh, thank God. I got to jump in here because I, I heard most, we mentioned Matt Morrison just now, and I, I've had a burning question in my mind. I've been wanting to ask you, Jesslyn. Yes. Uh, just, uh, just wanted to hear your honest thoughts. What do you think about the man vests? The man vests? Yeah, the vests. I mean, one the of us, for context, one of us is a big, big fan of wearing those vests. Oh, yeah. I love them. Yes. Okay. Then. Okay. Yes. Sure. All right. Sure. You hear that one, Al? Yeah. <laughs> you might have been referring to me, Jesslyn. I might have been inspired to, you know, break that into my wardrobe after watching Glee. So <laughs> I love that. That's so awesome. Um, yeah, I uh, I think the wardrobe on Glee was so brilliant. Um, Lou, our wardrobe designer, she's a genius. She does everything with Ryan Murphy, but, um, I always used to complain because I always felt that part of why my character was so unpopular was because I had really plunging necklines and Emma had berets and bows and really cute tops. And I was like, well, everybody likes her because she has that adorable wardrobe and everybody hates me because I look like a real housewife of Orange County. But that was, that was part of the genius of the show. (laughs) It was amazing. And you know what, for someone like me, I listen, my whole life, I've been such a big fan of sports and theater. Uh, I wish the show was around when I was in high school because I thought what they did, especially with the Finn Hudson character, uh, kind of kind of paving the way for the other athletes to participate in the arts was nothing short of brilliant. And obviously, what Corey Monteith brought to yeah. it, I thought, was just amazing. Uh, your Canadian country mate, by the way, if I recall, yep. mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah, he's from Vancouver. Yeah, I always I was talking about Corey actually the other day. Um, with uh, with Jenna and Kevin, and and one of the things I don't know if you guys wherever, um, if you knew him, but, um, I always felt that his performance was actually under, under appreciated because he was so good at it that you thought that's what he was like. And that wasn't what he was like at all. And I asked him once I was doing, I had, was lucky enough to have a few scenes with him in an episode and we worked together a few days in a row. And I, and I was saying like, what is your process And he was so cute. He was like, well, what I do is just before we start, I empty my head. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. You know, he would just kind of drain his brain for a second. And I thought his performance was was really brilliant. And as you say, it sort of was that that thing of that you can be a jock, you can love sports and you can be that guy and you can still have this love for for musical theater. Now, this may be my hottest take. Hot, had we not lost him, I think his career would have been bigger than Zac Efron's. <laughs> he was deserving of whatever he wanted. He was such a truly, truly lovely, lovely guy. And and um, it's a huge loss. I mean, mostly for his family, but for all of us, he was whatever he wanted, he deserved because he was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. 
transcendent talent. He had that, I love the singing voice, obviously. And he kind of had like that all shucks thing about him that people really connected with. Um, like an everyday dude, so authentic. Um, yeah. I, I do want to ask you, I know you had left the show at least as a principal after the second season. And I guess it was right around then, uh, you know, he had rediscovered some of the inner demons from his youth. How privy were you to what was going on off camera? Not very. I mean, there was quite a divide between the adults and the kids. Uh, You know, I didn't work with the kids that much. I knew them. I saw them when I would go to work and I know them now. They're not kids anymore. But uh, no, I wouldn't say I knew him, you know, socially and I liked him very much. But there's a lot of that what happened behind the scenes that I was never privy to. And uh, I really worked with Matthew, you know, 95 percent of the time. And I don't know if you guys know him. He's wonderful. He's the most drama-free person I've ever met in my life. So he didn't bring a lot of drama to our stuff. So yeah, I didn't, a lot of what the kids endured, I I, I didn't, I only heard about secondhand really. Yeah, I mean, the, the one that surprised me, um, and again, you know, us as an audience, you know, we can connect to these characters, obviously. We only know so much about the actors, but um, now obviously there was a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes. The Mark Sailing thing, that one- yeah. That took me uh took me aback a bit to say the least as well. I think everybody, you know, there's that's another tragedy there. I mean, he's a really nice guy, lovely to work with, you know, and just just you know, uh, the thing is, if you if you live long enough, you know, as we're all experiencing now, you're gonna you're gonna experience some things you never imagined. That's sort of how how life works, and that was an instance of that. But again, a huge loss it was you know nice. Nice guy who obviously was was deeply deeply damaged. The Very only too. yeah, I know. I, I you know what I always wonder because I know that him and Corey were so tight off mm-hmm. the set as well. I wonder if he got screwed up after everything that happened with that because I guess it was right after Corey passed when he started to have his troubles, which is uh, something I've always thought about. You know, and you know, in recent times, but I guess there's no way of knowing. Yeah, there's no way. You know, this is you never really know. Like, I mean, you guys probably experience this, right? You work, let's say, with somebody and you think, is it the work or would they be this person no matter what they did? And it feels in some ways in our our line of work that we that we experience some sort of bigger than life personalities. But and but I don't really know because this is all I've ever done. And maybe if you worked at a bank or you worked in a shoe store, you'd have the same experiences that we have. I mean, we also move around jobs a lot. So we meet a lot of different people, but I never really know. I I would have liked to, you know, see if I could see what that's like. I've, I've never done anything but this. So I have no idea if it's, if it's unique to what we do, that um, the work kind of you know, it's heavy stuff that we do sometimes and it asks a lot of you. And certainly the fame is really a mind fuck. And it, depending on how old you are when that happens, I think is also can have an impact. But then we're also a product of our parents and our childhoods and our environment. So Lord knows I have no idea. It's a complicated question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The only gripe I had with Glee. Let me ask you, Justin, how come they never had you sing on the show? Thank you. I don't know. I actually don't know. I'll tell you, I don't, I don't know if you've heard the story, but, um, so when I got the job, I had done Nip Tuck for Ryan Murphy years, a few years prior. And I was actually working on a show called Heroes. And he called me one day when I was on set and he said, I wrote this pilot and, uh, there's a part and I can't cast it. And I think you could do it. Uh, would you be interested? And I said, my gosh, of course, you know, yes. And so I called my agent at the time and I said, oh my gosh, I think Ryan Murphy just offered me a role on his pilot. And she said, don't worry. We already told him you're too old and you can't sing. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why would wow, you do yeah, that? That's, that's mean. Yeah. That's mean. Well, and also one of those is true. But, um, <laughs> so I, I uh, it, got, it actually got extremely awkward because uh, I got a lot of pressure to call Ryan Murphy and tell him, like people were calling me and saying, you know, look, you're older than he thinks you are and you're, you're older than Matthew Morrison and you can't play his wife. And, and I was like, oh, okay, fine. So I had to call Ryan. And um, so I don't know what, apparently at some point he was told that I couldn't sing, which is only partially true. Um, I mean, I'm not a great singer, but I can sing. But um, but I did have to call Ryan Murphy and tell him that I was too old, to which he said, and this is why everyone loves Ryan Murphy, he said, listen, I don't know how old you are, but all I know is this character is somewhere between 30 and death. and i was like well i could be that and he said why don't you come in and meet matthew and why don't we do i think i'm five years older than matthew or something like that and he said why don't you come in and meet him and see if you guys are believable as a as a couple and i came in and we read together and we were fine and ryan doesn't give a shit about any of that stuff i mean you cannot tell ryan to as you know i mean ryan will never adhere to any norms um but he did get the message at some point that I couldn't sing and and I never got the opportunity to, uh, I don't think I was confident enough as a singer to actually advocate for that. But I certainly would have, I would have embraced the challenge if it had been given to me. They do a ton of spinoffs these days. You think they'd ever do a Glee spinoff? Uh, oh gosh, I wouldn't know. Reboot. Uh, yeah, I know. I wonder, I would imagine, you know, in another 20 years or 15 years or something, something will come back around. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's such a special show. I think there's, I watched an episode recently because I had, um, done a podcast about it and I hadn't seen it in so many years and I thought it was great. I thought it was hilarious. I thought the characters were good. I thought the performances were good and I thought it was really, I loved it. 
Now, as we all know, I'm a huge Glee fan, and I just want to make sure that you're, you know, still up to date and savvy on all your Glee knowledge, just oh, given no. how the show is here in the Broadway community. Um, I thought this show here tonight could not only serve as a good way to test your knowledge about the show, but also potentially welcome you into the baseball and Broadway community with a little thing that we call the winner's circle here at Break a Bat. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so this segment, <laughs> we call this the seventh inning stretch. Uh, we'll ask you some trivia questions. Half will be about Glee, um, maybe a little Broadway mixed in because I know you like okay. theater. I and do. let's just say all those questions will all under, be under one umbrella. And then, um, Chris, what's the catch to all of this? True to the spirit of our show, there's a catch. I'm, I don't know about the catch. What do you mean? How about the other half of the questions? The ones oh, that you oh, well, that's not a catch. They're part of them are, are baseball related. Oh dear. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Yeah. All right, you get enough questions right, you will join the winner's circle uh, with the trivia elite here in the Broadway community, and uh, you would even get a little prize to go along with it. Wow. All right. All right, um, Alan and Chris, I know you guys have a couple of uh, questions prepared. So why don't you guys just kind of take my cue and come in with what you got as uh, as you're called on. So, um, Alan, you want to lead off? Sure. Okay, here we go. Question one. A large chunk of your Glee co-stars have ties to the Broadway community. I'm going to list off four of your co-stars, three of which have yet to appear in a Broadway production. Which one has? Number one, Heather Morris. Two, Jane Lynch. C, <laughs> C. Three, Harry Chu <laughs> Jr. Or four, Diana Agra. Which one of those has not or has? Has. Hmm, that's a good question. Okay, so you had Jane, Diana, Harry, and Harry. Heather. Heather. Who has been on Broadway? Jane, I saw her. Yes. Ding, ding. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. We don't have our studio effects tonight, Jesslyn, so just bear with us on the, uh, the I bell. Saw her, uh, I saw her in Annie. That was yes, That was the show. Yes. yes I remember that. <laughs> okay, good. Phew. All right. Uh, Chris, I think you're up, buddy. Yeah. Okay. So um, as you know, we are based out of New York, right down the street from Broadway. So I'm going to ask you a New York Yankees question. Just uh, <laughs> okay. give, give it your best shot here. Okay. All right. Um, so which current New York Yankee has twice thrown world record speed fastballs of 105.1 miles per hour? Is it A, Aaron Judge, B, Gary Sanchez, or C, Araldis Chapman? Okay, I'm completely guessing going just uh, A, Aaron Judge. Oh, I'm sorry. The answer no. was Araldis Chapman. He's the closer right. and he throws super fast, 105 miles per hour. That is the world record. So we'll get him next time, though. All right. Thank you. All right. Are they all pitchers? Were they all pitchers, those guys? No, only one was a pitcher. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Back to Broadway, please. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I got this one on the Broadway front. Um, okay. Now, much like in baseball, we have a lot of award snubs here on Broadway. Um, I'm going to list off four powerhouse shows. Only one of them won a Tony Award for Best Musical. Which okay. one won it? Is it Hairspray, The Prom, Beauty and the Beast, or Beetlejuice? Oh, interesting. Hairspray. Um, I didn't see. None of these are my. All right. Um, 
Hairspray. Wait, sorry. Can you say the moment? Uh, hair, Beauty and the Beast, Hairspray. Uh, yes. Beauty and the Beast, Hairspray, Beetlejuice, and The Prom. And one of them won. One of them won, yep. I think Hairspray won. Ding, ding, ding. You oh, got it. Correct. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Very oh. good. Very okay. good. Okay, cool. Uh, Chris, why don't you do that? Well, that makes up for the for the flub on the baseball question there, yeah, but I we're going to give you another shot. I, yeah, I think we're going to see where it's nine, and it may not be baseball. But we're going to give you another <laughs> shot here for the Thank baseball you. stuff, all right? Thank you. So, in 2016, who carried the Chicago Cubs to their first World Series title in over 100 years, posting a spectacular 3.45 ERA, multiple wins, no losses, and a stunning 21 strikeouts in 15 innings. Was it A, Oraldis Chapman, B, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, C, Michael Jordan, or D, Lin-Manuel Miranda? You're so sweet. I'm going to go with A. There we go. All right. All right. Ding, ding, ding. We've got one on the board there for the baseball Thank questions. You. Perfect. Very Perfect. Generous. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bonus points if you remember his first and last name, Jesslyn. What's his first Aroldo and last name? Aroldo Sanchez. Is that what you said? <laughs> you know what? We've had worse. We've had worse. <laughs> but his name's Aroldis Chapman. Aroldis right, Chapman. Enough. He's, he's actually from Cuba. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, he's my favorite. He's just the best. Anyway. But wait, so he played for the Yankees and for Chicago? Yeah, yeah. He actually, interestingly, the Yankees traded him in 2016 um, on a half a year contract rental, and they got back one of the game's best shortstops uh, in return. Um, uh, that's Gliber Torres. And then they were able to re-sign Araldis in the offseason. So they really worked a great deal there, and he helped out the team in, uh, in you know more than one way there. Nice. And he's kind of, kind of like emblematic of like – kind of like an unofficial mascot for the baseball and Broadway community because he's so theatrical. I know he's Alan's favorite player now too, right? Oh, cool. I'll look him up then. Can you imagine if they treated Broadway casts like sports players? Oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. Like, I'm going to trade you the Casey Levy if you give you, and I'll take Karen Levo. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) They should do that, you know? I I I think you could see some really interesting things happen there. We're the only four people who would like it, but yeah. <laughs> well, perfect. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Alan, why don't we just move on to your question here? <laughs> okay, okay. Two legendary Yankee infielders had a well-documented feud while sharing the left side of the infield. One played shortstop and was just inducted into the Hall of Fame, and the other played third base and is currently engaged to J-Lo. Who are those two infielders? Okay, I know Jeter, but I don't know the other one. Sorry. Currently, the jam biggest clue we could give. <laughs> Close. What was, what was the clue? Currently engaged, engaged to J-Lo. Oh, wait. Oh, God. I can see him. Of course you can see him. But I can't name him. I can't name him. No, I see him in my head, but I can't name him. I don't know. J-Lo and... What's his face? Mr. J-Lo. Alex Rodriguez. Uh, Mr. J-Lo. Al Rodriguez, that's it. Yeah, A-Rod. A-Rod. A-Rod, very good. Okay. I wonder so how he'd feel about Peter? being called Mr. J-Lo. I wonder. Yeah, I think he'd like it. <laughs> Dude, she's totally got such a strap on him now. It's He's just not the same at all. Oh, really? Wow. 
Oh yeah, I mean they're both egocentric, but like I feel like this <laughs> platform to totally show herself. That's what. Yeah, he's, he's used to being the most famous in the room, and now he's now he's not. I guess that's a interesting that's dynamic. So. Um. All right, Jessalyn. Here's another Broadway one. Which okay. of the following Rock and Roll Hall of Famers has yet to have their music featured in a Broadway show? Is it A. Billy Joel, B. Abba, C. The Eagles? Or D. Carol King. Hmm. Billy Joel, Carol King, Abba. Okay, Abba has been. I don't know about Carol King. I'll go with Carol. The answer is the Eagles. Carol King actually. Oh. They did a show called Beautiful, which is like kind of like inspired by her life. It was very good, but they need to do an Eagles musical, and they That's haven't a good done idea. one. Have you guys seen the the Alanis Morissette one? I, I've heard really good things. It's so good. Yes, it is excellent. I want to see it. Yeah, actually, uh, today, the day we're recording this, my episode with Catherine Gallagher just dropped on my oh, podcast. Oh, wow. So, awesome. so, so, so amazing. Like, that whole cool. show just does it for me. That's great. I want to see it. It's a good one. I was almost on Broadway. Really? Um, Yes. Mm. I kind of have a Broadway story. I did a show um, in Seattle called Scent of the Roses with Julie Harris. This was like 20 years ago, I guess. And we did an out-of-town, we did an out-of-town trial in Nyack, which was kind of hilarious. Oh, wow. And uh, we were going to be at the Belasco and we were rehearsing uh, to be on, I don't know if the Belasco is still there actually, is it? Yes. Um, what's isn't Girl from North Country or we're supposed to be playing there right now, Alan? It's really small. It's one of the smaller ones, I think. But anyway, we were rehearsing and our uh, producer pulled the money. The money fell through for some reason, right in the middle of rehearsal. And uh, it was devastating. I mean, I was so excited. What had happened to me before that was David Kelly uh, who's a big showrunner who did Ally McBeal, he had called me, I had done an episode of The Practice, and he asked me, he said, I'm going to write a show for you. And I said, oh, thank you, Mr. Kelly, but I'm going to be on Broadway. And <laughs> I turned him down. <laughs> and uh, I was I was so excited. It's all I ever wanted. Was It's all I still want is to be on Broadway. And um, so the money fell through and... Uh, I remember I went back to my apartment. It was actually kind of wild. And the phone rang and it was David Kelly. And he said, hey, I heard money fell through. Will you reconsider? And that's how I ended up moving to L.A. and doing Boston Public. David Kelly, he's married to Michelle Pfeiffer in Big Director, if memory yes, serves. correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, and he does um, Big Little Lies now. As well wow. as our show. As well as um, Big Show. The show I'm doing now. What a resume. Yeah, he's pretty amazing. But yeah, that was, I really did, when he offered it to me, I remember, and, and everybody thought, you know, at the time, you had this opportunity to come to LA and do a show, and he wrote the part for me, and I, all I wanted to do was be on Broadway. It's all, I still, something that I haven't realized, and uh, hopefully, hopefully there's still time. Well, we're going to talk more about Broadway in a second for sure. And I think there's no better segue to that than I'm sure whatever Chris has lined up for uh, this last question to welcome you into the winter circle. Here. Okay. Well, Jesslyn, you know, you've, you've banked up some, some great answers here. We're going to give you uh, uh, a chance to just answer one more and um, 
hopefully win that prize that we've got for you. Okay. Uh, but this is going to be a tricky one, all right? I don't know if you're ready, but I'll. Uh, here we go, all right? Yes. Um, okay, so the question is, is Araldis Chapman the best and most <laughs> talented player, baseball player, ever? And your options are A, yes, or B, double yes. <laughs> well, my answer is C, yes, and also the most entertaining. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the secret third answer. And that was correct. Congratulations. You've, uh, you've won our fabulous prize. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Thanks guys. Al, should we reveal the, uh, the prize here? Yes. Now, Jessalyn, in between breaks here, I sent you a little email just to give you an idea of what your prize is. And uh, once the uh, maybe once the coronavirus outbreak is over with or once, you, you know, when you're here in New York next, we could actually present it to you in person. If you want to check your email, uh, okay. you can take a look and see what it is. Here I go. Now, have you opened it? Yes, I have. I'm totally available for that. Okay, yeah. So this is our official Chapman on Broadway long sleeve T-shirt. I love um, it. On the front, you got a little uh, emblem that says Chapman on Broadway with his iconic uniform number, number fifty-four. And then on the uh, <laughs> back there, you'll see me and Alan with uh, Megan Facerno, a Phantom of the Opera, holding up our logo for the Break a Bat podcast. I love it. You, it <laughs> looks like you say... kidnapped her. She looks terrified, but it's cool. <laughs> I'm so jealous that you got that shirt. I mean, I've been trying to get my hands on one now, but I just these trivia questions are tough, and and you've uh, done a great job, and you've and the prize is well deserved. So congratulations! I'm so excited. Thank you guys, and, and I would love to come to New York and pick it up. That would make me very happy. Maybe when you get that bra Broadway gig. I know. How about that? If I ever get, if I ever get to Broadway. Hey, I we believe in you, all right? We believe <laughs> in you. Yes. When? When? Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Now, when you when you lived here in New York, did you like to catch a lot of musicals? Did you like the dramas more? What's your more more of your style? Everything, everything. I mean, I was I was obsessed. So when I lived there, um, I had I so I lived with this guy uh, for many years. He was my boyfriend, and he was Walter Bobby's assistant. And so everything that Walter Bobby did, I would witness from rehearsal to, uh, to opening night. And so two of those that I can think of are, um, guys and dolls and also Chicago. I mean, I know Chicago by heart. I know the whole show, um, because I was there when it was a concert at city center and that's all it was ever going to be before it became what it is now. So, um, yeah, I love musicals and I, yeah, I would see anything. I mean, I was one of those people who would take, take the obstructed views. Um, I remember when I graduated from theater school, my girlfriend and I, we went to see Cherry Jones and the heiress and we bought the cheapest tickets that we could find. And we just, that was our gift to ourselves for graduating. We were so exciting and I'll never forget that performance. It was incredible. Um, so yeah, I would watch anything. I, I went, came to New York, uh, to, years ago, I guess, or last year with my daughter, just so I could show her Hamilton on Broadway, because I just had to see it there. And yeah, I'm, I, I'm a great lover of anything, if it's in New York. I'm kind of that, I'm growth that way. What's your favorite show that you've seen all time? Favorite show of all time? Um, yeah. Well, I knew, because uh, the one that comes to mind actually is a production of The Cherry Orchard that it was at the American Repertory Theater that was directed by Ron Daniels that I'll never forget. And I saw it 
every single night that I used to run from my apartment at night just to watch the, actually the transition into the second act, which I thought was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Um, So that comes up is probably my favorite show of all time. Um, I saw Elizabeth Marvel in um, Streetcar Named Desire. That was a performance like I'd never seen before that could only be live and felt like you had to be there. And then um, probably musical wise, you know, Chicago just has a place in my heart because I saw Anne Ryan King and I just, that performance is just something aspirational that I'll never forget. So that's my list, I guess. It's a good list. It's solid. Yeah. I could see you doing a badass Roxy hard. I would like to see that. Uh, thank you. You know, I was off. I was asked to do it years ago um, to do it in Toronto. And then I was going to get to do I think they were like, and we'll let you do a week in New York or something like that. And I was so excited, but it just didn't work scheduling wise. And now I'm like, I'm not too old, guys. Let me back in. So maybe someday. When you were in New York, did you ever get to the old Yankee Stadium? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I don't know. So Jonathan Bernstein, who was my college boyfriend who was Walter Bobby's assistant, who's still my good friend. He was a huge Yankees fan. So we went to a lot of those games. That's awesome. Well, the new stadium's pretty nice too. If, uh, when you do get back up here, we'll definitely, uh, we'll make arrangements. We'll get you to jagged little pill and we'll get you to Yankee. Stadium. How does that sound? Oh, great. Awesome. And, and, a t-shirt. and, and they have Chapman now too. Don't forget that. Don't forget about Chapman. They have what? They have all this Chapman now too. Oh, right. No, I could never. I could never. I could there never forget. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> my, my job here is done. <laughs> you've been such a good sport tonight, obviously, Jesslyn. And, uh, you know, while you've comp- accomplished quite a bit in your career, now it's about to get even tougher than the seventh inning stretch. I want you to imagine yourself. It's the bottom of the ninth. Two men on, two outs. Your team's down a run. You've got to bring home that winning run. And there may be someone throwing 105 miles per hour on the mound. So you got to think fast. Oh, my God. I remember when I was like nine playing baseball and I was the only girl and I came up and there were two outs and I struck out and I'm still kind of traumatized because all the boys had gotten the other two outs. I know there's a lot of pressure, guys, a lot of lot of pressure here. All right, bring it on. Well, you know what? This is your chance to, to make up for that. How about that? You can you can. Heal some childhood scars here, all right? Thank you. That's why I showed up. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> all right, so this is called Fastball Derby. We ask you a question. You say the first thing that comes to your head. Okay, let's do it. All right. Favorite New York City meal? Uh, uh, a pretzel, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, favorite all-time film? All-time film? Oh, A Room with a View. Best baseball game you've ever watched on TV or in person? I don't have an answer, really. Okay, fair enough. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, one with Chapman. There was one with Chapman. It was so good. There you go. The one with Chapman. Perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pardon me while I stand up and applaud. Um, Thank you. <laughs> if you had to perform one show tune in front of an audience, what would it be? Um... Oh, I don't know. I probably first come to my Mr. Salivane. <laughs> <laughs> I know it by heart. So I'll do it. With, uh, with Kurt, I think. 
Oh, yeah, he did do it. You're right. He did do it. I was thinking of Joel Gray. I saw Joel Gray do it, but you're absolutely right. He did it as well. I think, he, by the way, we have a, um, our co-founder of our podcast is Chris's brother, Scotty. I used to think that Chris and uh, that uh, Scotty and Kurt looked a little bit alike, like when Kurt was, the, like the early seasons of Glee. That's, uh, if, 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 I'm not sure if you ever looked at the actor Chris Colfer, uh, Cats, but he looks a little bit like your brother. I think I remember you mentioning that. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't. I haven't looked into that though. I'll go check it out. He's lovely, absolutely lovely. All right, uh, your three desert island albums. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna go. These are for just the first things that come to mind. Um, the XX, uh, Revolver by the Beatles, and oh, I love Harry Styles. So Harry Styles is latest. Album. <laughs> It's get, it's getting me through the coronavirus. Honestly, it's you it's had me at revolver, Jeslyn. Here, there, <laughs> that's my jam right there. So oh, good. Oh, there you go. Something for everyone. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What was your most embarrassing on set or on stage moment? Oh. Oh, God! So many. I have an embarrassing story when I. I auditioned for a jazz musical once and there was, um, there were these three men and they were playing jazz and I was singing a standard of some kind. And the audition went on for a long, long time. And I thought, wow, maybe I'm actually incredible. And when it finished, I said to them, that was really fun. And one of them said, oh, honey, we just loved watching you try. <laughs> oh. oh damn oh come on man that is yep. brutal yeah I know. it was really really so embarrassing so, who's laughing now yeah well i still you know it's still my unrealized dream of actually being good at that but it was yeah that listen there's nothing more humbling than what we do guys i mean if I'm you sure, want to be reminded yeah. all the time of your inadequacies just be an actor yeah fact about you that would surprise people the most well Probably that I'm, that I'm, uh, I guess the best way to describe an introvert. I don't find this coronavirus thing that different from my regular life. I'm pretty, I'm most comfortable between action and cut. That's my comfortable space. The rest of it, I'm quite, um, I feel a little bit, you know, uncomfortable. So that's, I'm most comfortable when I'm just, t you know, playing the role that's that's the safest place to be hmm. <laughs> that surprised me by the way I, I was taken aback there wow yeah i think that i think i've learned how to you know be um more sociable but i think that uh i realize like that's i think that's i mean i feel like that's pretty common for a lot of actors i think a lot of actors are not as uh, extroverted as people assume that we are and that in fact, you know, we kind of take safety in, in the fact and when we're telling the story. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's comfort to be somebody else because you're, exactly. yeah. Okay. Uh, question is what is an actor? Who's an actor or actress you've learned the most from? Um, honestly, uh, Gabriel Byrne, when I worked with him on Vikings, he was absolutely, uh, the he was the most natural actor I've ever worked with. He was extremely prepared, but the way that he approached the role, which was so interesting to me, everybody came into the show wanting to be the hero of the story, and it was almost like he modeled his character after 
um, Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman. He was such a reluctant uh, hero. And he said to me, I didn't have a lot of lines and when we first started. And I played his wife. And he said to me one day, it was the most generous thing. He said, anything that I say, you've told me to say. So every time I speak, I'm going to look at you and you give me the go ahead. Wow. And so it was amazing. So he, in some ways he kind of like, he, he, he made the, the role was completely determined by our relationship. And very early on, he told me that was his expectation that even though I was, didn't have a lot of lines to say that he couldn't work in a vacuum, that it had to come from, from our relationship, that that would be his motivation. And it was just such a good reminder that there's really nothing that comes from a vacuum. Everything comes from the relationships with everybody who's in the scene. And he just embodied that in such a way that I found just so helpful and, and kind of reassuring of just the fundamentals of acting that, of course, if you're not listening and you're not present, then it's not, it's not true. Wow. I'm learning so much about acting just from being here. This is, this is awesome. <laughs> he was amazing. I mean, he was so generous. There was a scene where he, he's killed and um, where the, the, the lead character kills him. And the way it was originally written was I, my character wasn't there and I played his wife. And he came to me and he said, are you okay if I go to the writer and I say that you need to be there? Because if you're not there, then there's no one there who cares. And if there's no one who cares, then why will the audience care? Um, hmm. I know. Um, so yes, Gabriel Byrne, hands down. Sounds like he has a ton of wisdom. Okay. Yeah, he does. He's generous with it. So yeah, he was great. Cool. All right. We've got just two more questions on this fastball derby here. Um, okay. First one, who plays you in a Broadway show about your life? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good Whoever's writing these things is doing great. Uh, well, um, you, so you sent me Ashley Williams's, um, is that her name? Ashley Williams? Yes. 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 Uh, people, when Ashley Williams was coming up, people used to say, she's like a young you. So Ashley can play me. Oh, wow. wow. Cool. <laughs> yeah. People used to say that. No one wants to be told that, but I was like, all right, I'll play your big sister. It's fine. She's lovely. She's lovely. She's, Alan, was that, aside, well, this is our favorite remote session. Was that the most fun we had in the studio, maybe? With yeah, she was fun. Yeah, she was, she was a lot of fun. There's a lot, I mean, I wouldn't say that there's a number one for me. There's a lot that I've had a lot of fun with. Um, let me just let loose. I mean, you know, Kate Rockwell's another one up. That yeah. Had yeah, that was fun. Yeah, you were there. We're having a great time today, too, though. This is this is going to go right up in the top <laughs> tier, I think. I think so, too. You have to say that. I'm still here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lastly, and let's go from a non-acting perspective here, what's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you, and what was it? Okay, this is going to be a bit of a downer, but I think it's sort of good for this moment. My dad always used to tell me when I would complain about things not going my way, he would always say, life isn't fair. And the truth is, if you really accept that life isn't fair, you'll be much happier because you can't just keep expecting it to always go the way you want it or the way you expect it. And if you are more willing to roll with it, you'll find a lot more joy. And once right. I kind of embraced that concept, I have to say my life got a lot better. Right. It's kind of like shit happens sometimes, you know, 
It's That's not it. a, there's a it's saying, a, it, there's a Yiddish saying, man plans, God laughs. You know, you kind of, you just yeah. got to roll. And I tell you, as an actor, like I used to be a lot more rigid. I used to, you know, when they change your travel plans and you're like, but I was leaving on Tuesday and that's Sunday. And I can't leave on Sunday because I haven't picked up my dry cleaning. And in reality, if they tell you to leave on Sunday, just leave on Sunday. It's not a big deal. It's sure. I know moments like this, you really start to uh, value stuff like that. And um, yeah, I'm sure our audience will really appreciate hearing that right now. So, you know, Jocelyn, you've been awesome, by the way. This was so much fun. Aww, thank you for it. That was so great. I lo- I'm also uh, such a huge fan of social media now because there's just been like a connection like this. I just think it's really cool to take down kind of all the barriers between all of us and be able to just make direct contact. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff that comes out of that. So thank you for reaching out and just making that direct connection. I think it's really cool. Well, listen, I'm just glad that you were receptive to a page reaching out to you that, you know, occasionally puts a Raldus Chapman in a hairspray wig or, you know, <laughs> you know so that, that's very cool on your part too. <laughs> now, now I'm getting the, your little icon. I'm seeing it now. Okay, cool. <laughs> there he is. That's, that's a Raldus. Yep. You found him. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh-huh. Jesslyn, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Anytime. And Chris and Alan, good to have you two back together again. Hopefully we can do a couple more of these, uh, you know, the next few weeks, you know, just as a silver lining to this whole thing. It's always so fun to record with you two. And um, yeah, this was a good one. It's been great, Al. Thanks for having me on. I I enjoyed this a lot, Jessalyn. Thank you so much for doing this too. And I mean, unfortunately, I think we're going to be isolated for quite a while. That's just my prediction. But um, if we can keep doing podcasts every day, then, you know, that's something for all of us to really look forward to. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.